0: I'm Ian Dark, and you're listening to Men in Blazers Suboptimal Radio on the Grandland Network.
1: Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this. You know, somewhere in South America, the guys you're about to see tonight became a little bit of a cultural phenomenon. But I thought, I thought we'd take them from Brazil in the World Cup and show them what a real soccer city actually looks like. Yeah! And who knows, maybe they brought their tiny little bananas with them. Maybe you can have them pull down their pants and you can see once and for all. I don't know. With with that, with that I would like to do Roger and Michael, Men in Blazers, the man, the myths, the legends. Let's all put our hands together.
2: Hello Cleveland!
3: We know where we are. We have come to the future, Roger, future, 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 future. Portland is what every American city will look like after the U.S. Men's National Team win the 2018 World Cup! Devo and I feel like we have arrived In American Soccer's New Jerusalem. Yes. Not since... We've watched Portland from afar. We've marvelled from afar. We have never been here until yesterday. And I have to say, I've got the tingling. I've got the tingling. Not since Lewis and Clark have two gentlemen been so excited to be here. It's It's very true. And of course, the Blazers are in the hometown of the most famous blazers of all time, the Portland Trail Blazers! I love Rod Strickland, oh. I love that man. Dave O loves him some Kevin Duckworth. As a young man, I love that man. Uh, we picked in honor of your fair city. If we were to choose a starting eleven, the best starting eleven Portland could ever have, Dave. Here we go Here is our starting 11 All time Portland starting 11 Dick Fosbury The master of the Fosbury Clark Gable The king of Hollywood Lindsay Wagner She's bionic 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 Bionic. Bionic. Stumptown. have a flat white please AC Green Just can't get enough that guy The Iron Man Oh, Powell's. 18 miles of books, Rog. That's how far Michael Bradley runs in an average game, David. It's way too many books. Uh,
2: Tonya Harding.
3: She's my favourite wrestler. My oh, favourite wrestler of all time. Okay, Elliot Smith. Oh, drink up, baby. Look at the stars. Too much. Mark Rothko, Rog. I've only got three. I'm looking for a four. Yep, he's my second favourite painter in the world after Brecht. One of my faves ever. He looks like a young Davo, Arvidas Sabonis. The man they called Arthritis. Oh, he's fantastic. Tillamook Cheese. It's the world's best medium cheddar. I love medium cheddar. In the face. Okay, and coming off the bench, Rog, yeah. we've got John Bain. Bainy. Bainey. It's Leighton Bain's dad. Oh, we got... Oh, Bernie Fagan! Oh, Raging Fagan! And then, finally, we've got Clive Charles, Rod. <laughs> Clive Charles! That is a man who played with Bobby Moore and Jeff Hurst for West Ham in England, but he described his four years as a timber as the most fun he ever had playing. He, you felt like you were part of something that was building. For me, it was the best thing I ever did. What a man. What a man, <laughs> But MLS, Rog, we're here for the MLS All-Star Game. We love MLS, and we go way back with an MLS. We go way back, Rog. Yeah. Our love of MLS goes right back to 1996. Imagine me getting into the George Michael sports machine, taking you time, Put your cow. when Rog had his own hair and his own teeth. I yeah. don't watch the I remember the MLS so long ago, I remember a time when DC United are actually good. I go don't watch Harksy, I don't watch Etcheberry. I go not watch Jaime Marino. I was one of ten or eleven thousand fans that barely filled RFK Stadium. We'd watch him deliver trophy after trophy. And meanwhile, on the West Coast, nineteen ninety six, Rog, I was still poor. And Can't I would go, I'd that, go to maybe. the rose bowl. Just to see if Andrew Shue would come on as a substitute. It was was an amazing time. The 1998 MLS Cup Final, Rog. I was there. The Chicago Fire, when they weren't crap. Playing against DC United back then. Amazing day. Chicago had about 15 Polish players in their starting 11. And the guy that dominated the game that day was Lubos Kubik. Rubik Kubik. He was actually Czech. But no one in Chicago believed him. They just treated him as a pole until the day he left the town. And now we see this league with its fans. <laughs> its Tifos. Yes. Its unbelievable players. If the MLS was a person, it was it's not even old enough to buy itself a pint of Guinness yet. Next year is its 20th year. This league has come so far, so fast. We adore it. We see in the future, we see it supplying all of the U.S. men's national team members. Yes. And we see what a role the league is playing in making this country a a true soccerocracy, Dave. It's very true. One nation, Rog. So in that spirit, let's make tonight a celebration that is everything that is great about American soccer. One nation, indivisible, with liberty, justice, and soccer for all. Okay, magic to be here. We've got a lot of show. We've got a lot of show. We've almost got too much show. Too much show. Be too much show. I know that the police, I know that the authorities in Portland are going to be patient with us and let us get all of our show in. But this uh, might tonight. get a little bit thank like you. the YouTube video for Streets Have No Name. Yeah, thank you authorities. Uh, and tonight also two fantastic causes. We're raising money uh, for one of our beloved charities, the Wounded Warrior Project. Give them a hand. Amazing charity. And also for the Portland Timbers community. And MLS fun. worked. Yeah! Very good. So we're going to keep this one quick. We're going to keep it choppy. We're going to have some real heroes some of our favourite American players, some of our favourite Australian players, Ooh. some of our favourite Canadian players. Yep. Yeah. They're all coming out. Well, okay. Let's start this off with some real thunder, Dave. Okay, here we go. From the crap part Portland. of Portland. Yeah. We're gonna start this one by welcoming to the stage to real honour the most powerful man in MLS. Give it up for Timber you. Cheers. Cheers, Portland. Cheers, Portland. Cheers. Oh, There's a Burton Ernie over there. It's just classic. Too much hair for us. Way too much hair. So, Timber Joey, the official lumberman of the Portland Timbers. I like how you guys are trying to grow this out to be a little more Portland. We're English. We will never be as manly as you, Timber Joey. There just isn't... A chance in heck. You some are... battles you just know not to take yeah, you on. Just don't even think of taking on Timber Joey in a battle of manliness. We can't even start to think that. So you've done this job since your legendary predecessor, Timber Jim, retired in 2008. It's here Timber. for Timber Jim. But this role you play, it's partly Bear Grylls. It's partly Barbara Streisand. I say that with respect. Yep. How does one go about getting the qualifications for the job of Timber Joey?
4: I, I think it's a lifestyle. I grew up in the woods and I grew up around horses and grew up around chainsaws and grew up
3: around logging. I, re- I read a list yeah. today on the internet. Of I have things, so many follow-up questions to that, things, Rob, <laughs> Just plow on. Things that you excel at. These are things that... Timber Jerry Excel up. Are you okay, ready? Okay, go. Bareback Bronco Riding. Oh, so not English. Pole climbing. Not English. Axe throwing. Not English at all. Log rolling. Oh, never done that. And this one, which frankly, I want to hear a lot more about hot Saw operation. Oh, oh. I think that's quite English, actually. Um, <laughs> this actually correlates with a list that Devo and I wrote years ago, which yeah. is entitled The Least English Activities of All Time. <laughs> And by English, I actually mean Jewish. <laughs> can, can you can you explain to two incredibly admiring English gentlemen? Yeah. How did you come to be such a man's man?
4: He, I think it's just bred into me, you know. I'm, I'm from a small town, and that's how we do it.
3: Was that town actually in the woods? Because I'm imagining people living in trees, literally. <laughs> have you seen Children of the Corn, David? <laughs> I have not.
4: I've not seen that. We we are from the woods, yes. Really? Wow. Yeah. In between uh, Corvallis and Newport, Oregon. And what
3: age did you... And what age did you realize you were going to be a woodsman?
4: Uh, Probably around 14.
3: Wow. Yeah. Is it true that your chainsaw is made out of valerian steel?
4: (laughs) Actually, Oregon Bar and Chain did make me a valerian steel chain for this. uh, saw. Okay. You
3: are blessed. So (laughs) you... You... You cut a slab. You... You buck a cookie. I think is the language you use. Every time the Portland Timbers score a goal? Every time. Have you ever had a side netting incident, and we all know what that is, football fans, or an incident where you thought it was a goal and then suddenly the linesman's flag went up and it was offside and you accidentally bucked a cookie? (laughs) You know, it's really nice sometimes to be a little bit out of
4: shape because it takes you a little while to get to that log after the goal.
3: (laughs) So you're telling me that Timber Joey has never prematurely bucked a cookie in your entire history a of, man's of slicing a man's slabs. slabs?
4: That is exactly what I'm telling that you. That is
3: amazing, Timber Joey. We love America. We love America. We love America. I bring it up here. That is amazing. Talking about reason number 27 why I love America, JW. Yeah, to the slides. You recognise this man? He's heavily pixelated from close up. Stick up another one. Timber Jerry, the man on the left. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
3: That that man is Joseph Buford Cox. All right. That that, that man is the man who invented the chainsaw, the chipper-type chainsaw that I believe you may use. He was a native Portlander. He's like an Adam and Eve to you. That is Adam and Eve in your world, your crazy yeah. tree, hot <laughs> saw operation world. Have you been invited, Timber Jerry, in the Portland area to do any ritual circumcisions? <laughs> Funny you bring that up. Tonight may be that night. We'll see how <laughs> things go. But what is it like when you, when you watch a goal, when you see your beloved Timbers score a goal and you realise as you see the build-up, you probably start firing up the Makita and as you get ready and you realize that the goal has gone in and you're firing up the chainsaw and thousands, tens of thousands of these amazing Portland Timbers fans are screaming. Can you put into words what that feels like? That is power. Let me paint you a picture real quick. Okay, do so. Out
4: here, all these people, as loud as they can get, times ten. How loud can you get?
2: That's loud. That's
4: loud. Sending you energy to cut that
3: log for the goal. It's amazing. What's, okay, What's amazing is that there were 109,000 people in the big house to watch Real Madrid play Manchester United. If you're following this on the live stream at home, there's 110,000 people here yeah. tonight in Portland. No the new that. American record. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. So Timber Joey, you've got an important job we've got a lot of show tonight. Almost too much we show. We've got to keep it tight. We've got to keep it tight. Tight. got to keep it tight. Tight. And so Timber Joey, we've got a seat over there for you. Lots of slabs to make you feel at home. We should have bought some trees in, Rog. It would have been much better. And every time a new guest comes on, we want you to fire up the Makita. Yep. Sounds good. And then when each one leaves, we want you to give them a slab. Yep. You can buck a cookie. We're going to start a new podcast after tonight. It's going to be called Today in Hot Saw Operation. Yeah. With buck and cookie. Okay, Timber Joey. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Amazing. 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 Amazing, man. Okay, go not don't go take your seat, Timber Joey. Okay. Oh, you got. Just give him some nourishment. Oh yeah.
2: Timber
3: Joey. Oh, have a tiny banana. Yeah, you need one of those. Oh, under the table.
2: Is this like a pantomime?
3: Is is this like Police Academy, the speech?
2: Somebody put some tiny bananas under the table.
3: Somebody put some tiny bananas under the table. Good job, guys. There we go. I feel like we're back in Brazil. Here, here, run over here. Here
2: it comes it's
3: like Dame Edna throwing out the flowers I love it Okay, I do feel like we're back in Brazil now which is very good because our next guest oh too much what a Brazil I mean what a Brazil Brazil. this man Rog he is a footballing phenom he uses loyalty devotion professionalism to win over fans of every club at which he's played Rog your beloved Everton yeah right now Red Bull New York, one of the biggest stars in this league. Scored the fastest goal in MLS history. Eight seconds, eight which is seconds. also the average time it takes an Englishman to make love. Eight seconds. <laughs> and at the World Cup, scored a goal that still has all of us shaking our heads. Ladies He's and a gentlemen. hero for 20 million Australians and, Rog. Rise and stand! for MLS All-Star, Tim Cahill!
2: Oh,
5: wow. What's up, Pullen? Oh,
3: Timmy Cahill. Timmy Cahill, Timmy what an honour, we've had you on the podcast before, never live in person uh, Tim, it's a great joy to have you here in this amazing city, I mean come on, have you ever experienced anything like Portland during MLS All-Star Week?
5: Now listen, I've got to give you guys massive credit, uh, obviously you know I play with Thierry Henry and he's a massive fan of you guys as well, but uh, we played here st- started the start of the we're just sitting there watching the fans before, yeah. during, after, and you're a credit to the league, and you know keep doing what you're doing because uh, we love coming down here, and even most importantly, we're we're going to be playing here Wednesday night. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. We're, Tim, Devo and I, we love America.
3: No, we love, we love America. America. The Boston Tea Party. We love the Boston Tea Party. Oh. Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. and Johnson. Yeah. We love it all. We love it all. But Tim, you seem to love America even more than we do.
5: Uh,
3: you've been here for a while. Can you talk about what you've learnt about this country, on and off the pitch, from your time here?
5: It's simple, really. Like you know, um, I left Everton two and a half years, left on my my deal, and um, I seen a vision. You know, when I spoke with Don Garver, the league, I wanted to come here to inspire children. But most importantly, I just played in one of the biggest competitions in the world. Because of America, the MLS, it let me have one of the best moments of my life and, you know, it's helped my body maintenance and my football, but overall, you know, I've got to embrace the league, embrace the fans and, you know, if you can leave a legacy wherever you go in the world, it's it's been an amazing experience and I, and I appreciate what America's given to me and my family and I'll never forget it, you know, it's been good two years and Like I said, I left the Premier League to come to the MLS to play another World Cup as well.
3: Talking of that, Tim. talking about the best moment of your life. It's very nice that you called tonight the best moment of your life. Yeah, thanks a lot. (laughs) Appreciate (laughs) that. David wants to talk to you about another moment that was probably up there with it. This week, I'm a Chelsea fan, Tim. This last week. I'm lucky. Rod, thank you. Thank you. Rod and I, Rod and I, you support your hometown team, guys. You know that. Rod and I got to interview Frank Lampard, one of, going to be one of the newest stars in MLS, coming to play for NYC FC uh, next season. The unit Manchester City's Frank Lampard. Yeah, yeah. and he, he told us that in, in Premier League dressing rooms, the reputation of MLS over the past year... Has been rising so fast, and suddenly he's getting felt out by every player wherever he goes, asking questions about Miami <laughs> real estate, a little bit of stuff. Have you noticed that first, with your Have you noticed that with your mates in the Premier League?
5: Now listen, it's all the biggest team in the world come to the MLS to, to play against them. Yeah, you know, you look now in the last two weeks, we've had seven to nine teams come from the Premier League all over Europe.
3: Yeah,
5: uh, I've travelled here for the last six years with Everton. It's uh, it's been amazing, you know, and I suppose for you guys, especially the impact of the World Cup, what's been created, it's the momentum yeah. that you use to take that forward. So yeah. you know, be proud of what you have got because it's a special place with um, a lot going for
3: it. Yeah, without you know, a doubt.
5: You talk about the World Cup, JW. This is one of my probably top
3: one moments. If I was to make a list of top one moments. Yeah, let's chew it up. Here we go. There we go. There's, There's the, the ball. Here we, Australia. we go. Australia looking for Bananas. I mean, I think we're going to talk six about six. the goal in a second. I'm sure you're tired of talking about it. But one thing I think we got to say is that Ryan McGowan doesn't get enough credit for yeah, the quality no. of that ball. I mean, he literally, he put it on a plate for you. You couldn't Tim. miss. You couldn't, you couldn't miss. miss. It was a sitter yeah. because it was so accurately lofted directly onto your I left foot. I should have headed it. Yeah, should have
5: headed
3: it. Yeah, you should have headed it. <laughs> yeah, headed it. Headed it. <laughs> to make it more difficult because it was so easy from there. But that that surely is a goal that you at some point in your life had dreamt of scoring.
5: Listen, I'll tell you, the, the, the biggest thing for me was to, you know, be a professional, play in the Premier League. Next thing to play for your country. Um, to score a goal like that, you know, it was my last World Cup, played in three, and it's just special, that's something I'll share forever, but also with America, because like I stated from the start, I left the Premier League to play in this World Cup, to play in a great league, stay at the top of my game, and you know, I'm 34 years old, and a lot of people were writing me off and said that I wouldn't make it there because a lot of the other players couldn't go, but you know, I'm I'm having the time of my life, and the good thing is, is I like to do things with actions, you know, a lot of people were saying that I was coming here for a holiday and things like that, but... If you're not fit, you can't play in this league. So, yeah. uh, it's simple as that. But but when
3: you dream of scoring
5: insane goals,
3: <laughs> do you dream of goals any more insane than that? My guess is your dreams of insane <laughs> goals were less insane than that insane goal that you scored. It's,
5: it's same for anyone. You know, if, if you're there, you got to have a shot at the title. I've had a shot at the title a few times, and things like this happen, so... Uh, And I heard you make the joke about the eight seconds. That's why I got four kids. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant! I've
3: got. That's genius. (laughs) That's a a whole new meaning to a shot at the title, Rog. Carry on. All I'll tell you is I also have four kids.
2: Uh, So do I. Uh,
3: I dream of eight seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I've got to ask you an Everton question. Yeah. Anyone like Everton Football Club? here? He does. That's one man making oh, an incredible Or he noise. just really likes Chang beer. Romelu Lukaku. Not since your arrival from Millwall as a signing given me the tingling. Roberto Martinez, what a bloke! We spent the summer with him. Oh, lovely man. In Brazil, can you give us a sense of what you think's going on over there at Goodison Park and a little
5: prediction for the season ahead? No, I think this year is going to be a tough season for them, especially as a manager and as a team. You know, they've got Lukaku and a few other great signings, but it's, it's going to be tough because people are going to expect them to come out, win games straight away, be above mid-table, finish in the top six. But I actually think for this year, if they don't start well, then they'll, they'll be under the pump, and especially with spending $28 million on a striker, uh, pound, sorry, um, yeah. yeah. it's going to be tough. But I'm a blue through and through, everyone knows. I'm very loyal to my club and uh, you know I had a m- amazing years there but uh, watching from afar I always want him to do well and those think-
3: of you at the back can't see right now Roger's actually crying
2: right now <laughs>
3: it's too much too much so you've been here long enough you've got a great sense of American soccer yeah. Tim another thing soccer thank you yeah rog needs to know this will the United States men's national team win the World Cup during Roger's lifetime why not why
5: not? Yeah. I Why
3: plan to live to not? 180. Why not? Okay, ladies, Tim, we got a gift for you from Timber Joey. You got Sunny over there. You got a slab over there. There you go. Oh, we love it. and <laughs> Gentlemen, Tim K. Big pong. For Welcome to, to Tim Thank K. a oh, man. What
2: a, what a man. man.
3: Oh, God, I've got to tell you, if there was Urda to Tim Cahill, I would splash it on all over. Okay, we, we've softened you up a little. We've said very nice things about this amazing, amazing city. We meant them. We meant them. MLS, we brought out Tim Cahill, a genuine World Cup star, scored that amazing goal. You were wide ranging enough to embrace him to your urban bosom he doesn't play for your own team but you embraced him, you welcomed him the next guest might pose something (laughs) more of a challenge however however I want you to cast your mind back to what seems like 17 years ago the world cup in Brazil and who did we all root for who's that flag for USA, USA,
2: USA.
3: So we are declaring on this stage tonight A night of amnesty One night One one night only One hour One hour For players who played and starred in that U.S. men's national team Whoever they play for in MLS We are going to cheer them And we are going to do what mature and brilliant soccer fans do And we're going to welcome them let's welcome to the stage oh. <coughs> Shev Anders and the United States the Andre! Yeah. Poland. what have you got against the Akron Zips what have you got against <laughs> okay. the Akron Zips
2: <laughs>
3: guys let me remind you this is a US star he's not a Bayern Munich player he's
5: yet. not a Bayern Munich yet. player
3: yet, yet. <laughs> DeAndre thank you for joining us I have dreams I have dreams once I was hanging out with Romelu Lukaku Philip Larkin Neil Diamond and Dana Plato we were all drinking Guinness then I woke up I realised it was all a dream a year and a half ago you were playing at Akron now you've starred in the World Cup oh the There's Zips a huge, I love the Zips I love, love, love the Zips love the Zips you were playing at Akron under a coach called Caleb Porter yeah now the World Cup, the interest from Europe, the buzz. Do you feel like you're living a dream that you may wake up from?
6: Uh, yeah. I mean, every day I kind of have to pinch myself just to just to make sure it's real. Um, you know, it's it's been such a wild ride. And, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of time to, to look back and, and see what I've done. But I'm just trying to take it day by day, um, practice by practice, game by game, um, and just, you know, go with the flow and see what comes next. So... Let me take
3: you back to that game against Belgium. 30-second minute, you get a chance to come on. Fabian Johnson. You never want to go on for a player that's injured, but I can tell from that smile on your face it wasn't an opportunity (laughs) that you weren't excited about. Can you describe what Coach Jürgen Klinsmann says to you when you come on? And try to, as honestly as you can, remember what was going on in your mind at
6: that point. All right, um... Well, actually, at the time, I was talking to Timmy Chandler. I wasn't even really watching the game. Uh, <laughs> what were you talking about? <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember we were talking about. I mean, I, I saw Fabian kind was of... Was it
3: about who was going to read Julian Green's bedtime story? <laughs> yeah, <no.
2: laughs>
6: yeah that, that probably was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm talking to Timmy Chandler, and then all of a sudden I hear Jurgen tell me to, to get up and start warming up because um, Fabian was down, and then... Um, The trainer gave, you know, the signal that he couldn't go any longer, so, uh, you know, he told me, get your jersey on, you're going in, and in my head, I was thinking, like, "Uh, this is awkward, Uh, (laughs) you know, um, you know, I I can't say that I was fully prepared to go in at that that moment, but, um, you know, he just said, you know, be confident, Um, don't let Hazard pass you. Uh, (laughs) yeah, easy. That was a big, yeah, it was easy, (laughs) Uh, that was a big one. Um, yeah, I just said be confident, um, you know, attack, make him defend. Um, and that's what I try to do.
3: I feel like we're sitting by Luke Skywalker, David. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this. Like, the World Cup is so hyped. I mean, we get a little excited for the World Cup. But when you're kind of thrown on the field and you're running on the pitch, does it just feel like any other game? The Akron Zips, kind of a college game does the hype melt away or even when you're running around tracking the talent does it feel to you as a player you just hyper aware hypersensitive hyper aware that the, the fate of the nation is in your your young hands
6: yeah definitely i mean it, it's a complete different feeling you know even than playing here in the u.s uh you know just just the feeling that you're representing the u.s when you run out on the field and even when you're on the bench you know and anytime you're wearing wearing that gear um you know, it, it's an amazing feeling and it's a, you know, it's a feeling that not many people get to feel. So, you know, I feel honored to be able to put on that jersey.
3: David, and I was still waiting for our call, I Yeah, me, still waiting, still coming. When you were a kid, did you used to, you know, you hear about like junior golfers fantasizing about like making the winning putt at the Masters. Did you have a moment when you were a kid that you fantasized about playing for the U.S. men's national team? Oh, yeah. And did you have a moment, a year and a half ago, <laughs> <laughs> did you have a moment against Belgium where surely there was one moment where you just suddenly thought, whoa, look at this.
6: I am here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for your first question, I definitely, you know, dreamed about that as a kid, you know, um, I think every, every player who plays in any country dreams about playing for their country, you know, yeah. it's, it's the highest honor you can have as a soccer player, Um and then the second question, I think, you know, the the moment I kind of realized it was uh, Hazard was coming at me 1v1, and I'm nervous as hell in my head. Uh, but um, I think at that moment I realized, you know, I'm defending Eden Hazard right now. Like, don't know what I'm doing out here. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, ended up, I think it hit my leg and went out for a corner. But, you know, it kind of went through my head there that, you know, I'm playing in a World so, Yeah,
3: whoa. Somewhere in Bruges tonight, there's our Belgian equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Met men in Lederhosen. <laughs> yeah, And they're, they're eating they're, waffles. They're interviewing Ed Eden Hazard. And they're like, were you nervous being marked by Andre de Yedlin? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'd rather not talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you talk to him about when he was young, as yeah. if it was decades ago. I know. When he's, he's saying, boy. yes, I, I dreamt about it, he's talking about three or four years ago. You're right. I mean, you spent seven, eight weeks living with 23 men, living, breathing, training, many of whom are 10, 12, 14
6: years older than you. What did
3: you learn about old men <laughs> from your World Cup experience? a very like Men in Blazers-focused yeah. question.
6: That's an interesting question.
3: Uh, old blokes. Is there a generation gap between the older players and the younger players? In terms of the music they listen to, the yeah. way they dress. Look at you! You're a sharp dresser.
6: Yeah, no, there, there definitely is. Uh, they wear
3: big baggy, like stonewashed jeans. You're oh. in the,
6: you're in the like the, you're the in top, the like the jeans, jeans. Yeah. 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 Except for Jermaine. Jermaine was in the tight fitting stuff too. Oh, Jermaine, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Jermaine, that's so fashion. German. I mean, American. <laughs> <What>?
3: Sorry.
2: <laughs>
3: um, and then the younger players, you. Julian Green, John Brooks, look, Julian Green. There, there he is. is. There he is. <laughs> Who did read him his bedtime story? Who them. did? Yeah. Uh, me and John. Okay. And <laughs> and you had a collective name for each other, right? The yeah. three of you. Young Guns. Young Guns. Yeah. One of the greatest movies. One of the Young Guns too is better. <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> As um, 2018 will be better. It is a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, DeAndre. We, um, we couldn't we, be happier. We so. do want to know about the young guns. In oh, all yeah. sincerity, what does your relationship and the talent of these young guys and what you've already showed at the World Cup, what does it make you feel about 2018, about America and the direction football's going? Uh,
6: it makes me very excited, you know. Um, you know, you've already seen what, you know, the support that we've got from, from this country just in this World Cup. Um, and I think we're going to be even better next World Cup. Um, so, you know, obviously our goal is to go out and win. You know, I think if you don't have that goal, then, then you know, you're not going to achieve a lot. Um, so that's our goal every World Cup. Um, so I, I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited about the future. And uh, I think we're all going to do well. To surmise, we're going to win it in 2018.
3: Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, DeAndre Yedlin! You've got a big heart, Portland. you got a big heart. Big heart. You were very, very well-behaved during that. You're very well... And because you were well-behaved... Yeah, because you're well-behaved... Good we're children get a cookie. ...a little bit of treat. Next, we bring to the stage, Rog. Yeah. A three-time All-Star. One of my top ten favourite Canadian internationals of all time. Right up there with Christy Sinclair. A man who holds more citizenships, American, English, Canadian, than Fletch. This man, I literally had arrived in Portland for 15 minutes. I got into the elevator at my hotel and immediately ran into him. I he's, now believe, He's an elevator operator. I now believe that this is a service that Portland provides you, that Will Johnson greets every newcomer to the city. In an elevator, the captain of the Ball and Will Wilkinson! You be nice to a sounder.
0: <laughs> not we'll too bring, nice, not too nice. Guys. We'll release one of your own.
3: We'll release yeah, one. Of, oh, we'll talk about that in a second, Will. We're going to talk about that. Will Johnson, you are a popular man in this city. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so honestly, being with you on stage is a bit like being with Jimmy Buffett in Margaritaville. You're a man. <laughs> You're right. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, whoever said that. You're a man who is under the kind of pressure, I imagine, as as a captain of a team in this soccer mad city. Soccer. You are under the kind of pressure that I imagine only the likes of Rob Ford can truly understand. (laughs) Describe what it's like in one human body to lead a mighty city into battle.
0: It's amazing, man. I'm the luckiest guy in this city to get to play (laughs) in front of these fans every week. Um... Seriously, sometimes I, I, you know, I got to pinch myself because I'm, I'm so lucky and um, fortunate to be a part of, of something that's so special. Uh, this, this army, this fans, what we're doing here in Portland, um, it's unprecedented in my opinion. So I'm happy to be a part of it. So from what you say, I gather that you don't miss Blackburn that much. <laughs> I don't miss anywhere, man. I'm home. Oh, that's so good. So, you spent some time in Liverpool
3: as a young man. The city that also birthed Mr. Roger Bennett. It's another football-mad city, Liverpool. Yeah. Right. Can you compare, contrast, and compare it to Portland? Because this place is proper bonkers. I mean, quite apart from the fact that you greet everybody who comes here in the elevator of their hotel. This is like... This is like...
0: soccer crazy here absolutely um yeah liverpool's great um you know my whole family was born there we've got big time ties to the city um big liverpool fan so i Uh I grew up watching jamie redknapp michael owen Uh steve McManaman. you know ian rush yeah Yeah. all those guys good players and it's not that uh you know anfield's a a great place everybody in the city kind of shuts down uh, it's like the poor man's portland yeah Absolutely, um, And then you come to Portland and, and you got the Timbers here and, and everybody's bought in. Everybody's into what we're all about. Um, and we're all in this together. And that's the feeling that you kind of get with Liverpool. It's uh-huh. not a, a bunch of people looking up to a bunch of athletes. Yeah, It's a family and we're all in this together. So it, it feels good.
3: You want, you want it? I can t- I tell you one thing that I wasn't meant to say, but this city, by the way, is bonkers. It's amazing to have w- w- never been here before. Just walking around it today. There was, a, after lunch, a homeless gent came up to me. He was wearing an Everton jersey. It was a Tony Hibbert Everton jersey from four years ago. It was the most bittersweet moment of my life. But I have never been in a city that is so in love with the game. You grew up after Liverpool. You moved to Chicago. I have so much to say about that story. So but anyway, anyway, <laughs> carry on, carry on. It's a, truly mind-blowing. It may have been Tony Hibbert. Yeah. <laughs> um... He would, have had a, he would have had a trout with him if it was sitting here. But, um, you, at the age of four, I'm fascinated by the sacrifices American soccer players make to become elite soccer players. At 14, you told your parents you wanted to leave school in Chicago, move to Europe, and sharpen your skills up in a more competitive environment. Just remind us what your parents actually did.
0: Yeah, I was, um... Well, I was, they're English-born academics with English doctorates born. in physics. Yeah, was the they're, I was like, they're, they're quantum mechanics professors, so it's stuff that I can't even begin <laughs> to comprehend. And they, they told me, I mean, I still remember the conversation. They said, listen, you can you can be an athlete for about a decade, you know, a decade and a half if you're lucky, and say so you can be an academic until you die. So go and enjoy yourself, give it a shot. If it doesn't work, we'll be here with open arms when you get back, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll make sure you land on your feet. And so that was all I needed, and I left. Oh. You've got to love physicists. Yeah, physicists are amazing.
3: Quantum physicists are my second favourite kind of physicist. <laughs> so, as you know, men in blazers, we do quite a lot of research. We we delve heavily into statistics. We've got a large team of mathematicians working for us back home in in the crap part of Soho. Making
0: me nervous, man. Your your mum and dad give us stats. Where's this going?
3: <laughs> you seem to be. Something of an expert in the dark arts of on field smack talking. <laughs> so,
0: where does it start? Well, my how dis- well, first how all, good my, are you? My disciplinary record speaks for itself. It's pretty good.
3: <laughs> I have seen a little bit of tape. I particularly enjoy the sarcastic round of applause for the ref. <laughs>
0: It's not always sarcastic.
3: That's it not is. always the <laughs> case. So- okay, that's a great thing. Do you sometimes genuinely applaud the ref out of the goodness of your heart for a correct decision that went against you? Absolutely. Oh, you do? Absolutely. Okay, I'll check for that tape. I'll check for that tape. But is there a limit to your smack talking? Has anybody ever said anything to you that you thought, wow, that went a little bit too far?
0: No. No. It's, uh... No, you know, when you cross the white line, it's it's time to, to do whatever you can do to get the three points. And that's my attitude. And that's an attitude a, a lot of people. Um, obviously, you know, you get a reputation and things kind of start to snowball into yeah. one thing to another. But, um, you know, like I said, my disciplinary career record is pretty clean. That's and a fantastic I stick by defense. It. I love that defense. Yeah. My disciplinary record. Go look it up. I love statistics. it. That's so good.
3: In, in that spirit, is there anything you want to say to this crowd here tonight? Ahead yeah. of Wednesday's night against Wednesday night's game against Bayern Munich.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, thank you guys all for coming out. This is fantastic. I think the you know everybody here is doing the city of Portland very proud. Um, you know, it's an honor to play in this game and Wednesday night. And for those of you who are local, you know, I know myself and and Coach Porter and Diego Valeri and everybody who's associated with the Timbers are going to do everything we can to make sure we put on a show and represent you guys the right way. <laughs> And then... Was, it, was that applause sarcastic?
3: No, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, it's so
0: hard to tell now. And then lastly, DeAndre seemed to leave his glasses up here. What do we do? he did? He did. Yeah,
2: Joey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh,
3: even Timber Joey can't bring himself to do that. That's hilarious. What a kind man. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank your you skipper... MLS All Star, Will Johnson!
2: Okay.
3: Okay, Rog. Uh, How are we doing on time? How are we doing on time? Terrible. Rog? Okay, we're doing terrible. Hello, we're doing terrible on time. We've, we now have. Um, it's like the half time now of yeah. that show. We've got some very, very important ceremonial duties. Yeah. To administer. It's probably rog. this is up there with my vomit, but this is probably a, the emotional highlight of my life. What is about to occur? It's time for us to play a small role in uh, U.S. soccer history. Yeah, rog, it is. Right it now. is, David. I mean, we love, we love, we love cups. I love cups. We love cups. They make us feel safe and secure. <laughs> and up there with the Guinness International Champions Cup, which is... Big cup. Which is, be- any Manchester United fan will tell you, is the biggest cup in football. Yeah. The US Open Cup is... How massive is it, David? It's, it's one of the biggest and oldest and most historic... Soccer tournaments in the world, Rog, and we don't talk about it enough. David is what and I. I say. David and I this is 101 years old. Dave and I first fell in love with it in 1922, when St. Louis, skull and steel. Yeah. S- slip three gold past Todd Shipyards. Oh. That was a goal game the played Arsenal on the, high, sc- day, the high school field in St. Louis, Missouri. I remember seeing you there, Dave. You were just balding them. Yeah, mine was the 1924 U.S. Open final, Rog. The Fall River Marksmen from Fall River, Massachusetts. They beat Vespa Buick from Missouri. 4-2. I lost a lot of money this is actual that actual footage. The venue, another high school field in St. Louis. This year is the 101st playing of the U.S. Open Cup. We've been given the honor of making the coin flip for home field advantage in the final. You love America. I love the U.S. Cup. Let's get it on stage, Davo. Oh yeah, absolutely. So let's welcome, representing the four teams left out of the field of AT, Brian Bliss, the Chicago Fire Technical Director, Maurice Adu, Philadelphia Union, and Julia US Men's National, National Team, Team. Milda, MLS All-Star, Luis Muzzi, he's the Director of Soccer Operations, Assistant Technical Director at FC Dallas, Chris Henderson, the Sounders FC, Sporting Director. And Sunil Gulati of FIFA and US Soccer. Our models, thank you very much to our models. Here for Sunil Gulati. This man's birthday was on—was it Wednesday? What? Was it your birthday on Wednesday?
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. His birthday same day 41. as Jurgen Klinsmann and Hope Solo. It's amazing stuff. If anything makes you never believe in horoscopes ever again, it's that factoid. So Sunil, uh, FIFA exco member Mr. Sunil Gulati, is going to be monitoring this toss. Uh, for authenticity. i
4: monitoring. I'm doing the toss. Oh, you're doing the... Oh, oh, excuse we, me. we were doing the uh, toss. Oh, okay, we've fine.
3: Demoted. We've been demoted already. We've been demoted. Okay, here we go. Mr. Galati. Left,
2: left thumb. Left thumb.
3: Okay, left thumb. We will indicate which a lot is of heads, the, tails before the flip. So I've got Vegas something. is looking at this. Huge amount of money on the line. <laughs> Huge. Tails. I can choose heads, tails. Huge. Wait. Heads. go. We, we said it's going to be heads. We've got a lot of heads. money on heads. Right, dude. right side is... Heads, and the other side is tails. (laughs) And so Chicago, Seattle is heads, that's the white side. Dallas, and Philly is tails. Okay, on the other side.
2: This doesn't actually pick the winner of the game.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Left
4: thumb, here we go. Don't let it hit the ground.
2: Don't
3: let it hit the
4: ground.
2: It's gotta hit the ground. ground. Oh, shoot.
3: Tails! Tails! FC Dallas, Philly is Tails. Two out of three. No, it's not two two out of three. three. Well, I guess you're the president, you can do anything you want. This is the man who's on the FIFA Executive Committee.
2: Okay.
4: (laughs) We we do that differently then. Where's that? Okay, where's where's the the FIFA one? We do
2: that one differently. Oh, oh, my goodness.
3: Oh, my goodness. Okay, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the draw for the U.S. Open Cup. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Godspeed to all of our competitors. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was, Of all the surreal things we have been involved in in our life, that is about the most surreal, rog. This is a beautiful trophy. I'm going to okay. turn that into a teeth. Tea, uh, I'm gonna make Okay, we will. And... We'll move it in a second. We'll move it in a second. Okay, Timber Joey, let's fire it up. We've got another great introduction. Rog. <laughs> You've got our next introduction, sir. I do. You do. Oh, God, Dave-o. Yeah. Next up. One of our favourite guests on Men in Blazers of all time. Yeah. Some would say the best striker in Portland... A Southern Californian native, a gold medalist at the 2012 Olympics, player of the year in 2013 in CONCACAF, CONCACAF Thunder, and poised this fall to start the qualification for 2015 World Cup in Canada. Welcome to the stage, Mrs. Alex Morgan! I like I like Hi, you your guys. entrance there, Alex. I like your entrance there. You you entered the stage at speed. I like that. Customary you guys speed.
7: Me and I was like running up the stairs and I just had to. Created so much excitement
3: because you guys were. Well, yeah, you saw the U.S. Open coin toss. It was a little bizarre, but we I still got. I didn't see
7: it. I didn't see it. Oh, it was a little amazing. strange. Yeah, no,
3: it's It was, Okay, I, I sorry. It was, it was the best moment of the U.S. Open <laughs> Cup thus far this season, <laughs> or the one that's been watched by the most people, I think.
7: <laughs> Wait, who did it? Who did the coin toss?
3: A uh, FIFA well, exco member, Senil Galati. We thought we, we were doing FIFA. the coin toss. we for FIFA. Come on. Yeah, come on. No. Yay! <laughs> They're bringing the World Cup here in 2022. You better change your attitude. Okay, Alex Morgan, the Portland Thorns. Yeah. What a... Number one. What a great name for a soccer team. The Portland Thorns, 19,000. Nineteen thousand humans, nineteen thousand bipeds. Poland Super Julie Foudy was there, right? Super Julie, we love it. Super Julie Faudi on Fowdy. Her Twitter, the inaugural champions of the National Women's Soccer League. Congratulations. You will you routinely I mean nineteen thousand's a little bit more, but you routinely pull in 14,000 fans to your games, far more than anyone else in the league. Can you put into words for outsiders, there are people listening to this podcast all over the world, can you put into words what it actually feels like to play in this league in this town?
7: First of all, I just want to say that this is the largest crowd in the world that has represented a club team, a female club team. So I just want to thank you, Portland. guys are amazing, and I just—we just appreciate you guys so much. So, thank you so much for showing up last night, this whole season, last season, and we hope to ca- carry on and hopefully host a game this playoffs. But if not, next season as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> here, here, Alex. I'm—I'm I'm very well known for my extra sensory perception, my yeah. ESP. I predicted that Kyle Beckerman would score the winning goal in the World Cup final. From sixty five yards.
2: In- I
7: heard it was 50. Now you've increased it to sixty five. It's also, yeah, also two thousand and
3: eighteen. Yeah, he got he got the he got the World Cup wrong, but the goal still counts. I've been playing with the turret cards. Yeah. And I believe that you will score a hat trick. In the same game. In the in the in the final. Okay. <laughs> in the final. Wow. Thinking about the Women's World Cup. Okay. In the final. And you'll also get the Golden Boot in 2015. Yeah. We actually, we, 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 call the men's, we call the World Cup the Men's World Cup, and we call the Women's World Cup just the World Cup. The we World love,
2: Cup.
3: we love, we love the Women's World Cup, love the World Cup. The World Cup. We love the World Cup. It's gonna be in Canada.
7: You guys are shitting us right now.
3: No. We do, we call it, we always have done, checked our wiki spaces, we've always called it the World Cup, and we call the Men's World Cup the Men's World yep, Cup. Yeah, absolutely and completely, no shitting you. Our podcast, our podcast started we you not covering the World Cup. We you not. Covering the World Cup, not the Men's World Cup. Yeah, it's going to be in Canada. Yeah. It's going to be in prime time. How much is that on your mind? And what are the stakes for this U.S. women's team about winning the thing?
7: I mean, considering we haven't won it since 99, considering um, U.S. legend Abby Wambach has never won a World Cup, that's just crazy to me. So Let's hear for Abby Wambach. Abby
3: Wambach.
7: <laughs> Honestly, I hope that Canada feels like home games to us. I really hope that you guys all and everyone in the Pacific Northwest and everyone in America comes to the games in Canada because I want us to feel like it's a home game, and I think it will be
3: You've had some success against Canada Alex that incredible goal at the Olympics uh, in 2012 we had a great conversation on our podcast about that goal What's it like playing with Christine Sinclair? Do you ever talk about that moment? That goal.
7: No. It's
3: never. You mean? You mean Alex Morgan? It has never come up.
7: No, we can't.
2: <laughs> really? No.
7: We're teammates on the Thorns, and that's the end of it. We don't want to talk about um, our country allegiances. Although I tease her sometimes that she's almost lived in the U.S. as long as she's lived in Canada, so uh-huh. she's basically a U.S. citizen.
3: Oh, if only a word like that.
7: But, but I respect her so much on the international level and uh, great
3: player, great player. She's
7: an amazing player, and honestly, she's done so much for the Portland Thorns, and she's she's lived in Portland for so much of her life. It's it's just great to be able to play with someone with so much experience, and um, she really makes me a better player. So I respect her so much, but I don't hope she does well at the World Cup.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
3: The men's team at this Men's World Cup, they did yeah. so well that their profile is almost where the women's team is. The only difference I can see is that no one's asking Matt Bezler to pose in a bikini for their swimsuit edition <laughs> yet.
7: Here come the tough questions. No, no, no. Yeah.
3: How, how long will it take for this men's team to develop a male Alex Morgan, do you think?
7: Kyle Beckerman, there we go. Um, I mean, it just has to do with the popularity of the guys and um, the fact that they've done so well in the World Cup and the fact that they're continuing to improve as a national team and the fact that the MLS is continuing to improve as one of the top leagues in the U.S. I think that they're still improving, and I I don't think they've reached that top five yet, so it's still going to take some time. But Four years. We've got some sexy guys on the on the men's national team. I have to say.
3: How is your game changing?
7: My, that was a really blunt question compared to the last question. <laughs> no, but my game's my game is always changing. Obviously, I'm 25. I'm still pretty young compared to some of the best footballers in the world, and I really do think that at 27 you reach. Your peak about, and so I think I still have a lot of time to improve as a player, and I still want to improve on my first touch, on my um, instinct in front of the goal, and so uh-huh. so there's still a lot of things that I want to improve on. Looking into the World Cup and the Olympics,
3: do people still call you Baby Horse, or is that um, nickname firmly gone now? When you came on the show, you told us you hated that nickname.
7: Are I you still na- are you now like stand by that?
3: Have <laughs> they have they, they kind of conjure? Can we conjure a new nickname Wait, for you? We're thinking of some new nicknames. Can
7: you please enlighten me? Yeah.
3: <laughs> tweety twe pony. No, I don't. I was thinking Thorn Horse is quite good. Thorn.
7: Horse. Does anyone else have any better names? <laughs> Anybody? I'm just hearing people yell at me. I know.
3: I'm not hearing any actual words.
2: <laughs>
7: no, if you want
3: a nickname not involving words, I think this could be something <laughs> Talk, very good. Talking there. about words. We're, we're going to do this on our podcast, though. We are going to have a competition for a new nickname for right. you, that We'll come I'm ready. I'll let you know about I'm, all, I'm all yours.
7: Okay, we're we're, we're looking look. for
3: elite athleticism fused with menace. Yes. Um, but also, also, I mean, an amazing side of you... The one I love, perhaps I love most, is this. Yeah. Oh, there we go, The Kicks. You're not just an amazing athlete on the field, you're also an accomplished author off the field. This is her third book. Can we hear it for The Kicks? Yeah, The Kicks. One of my favourite books. It's up there with Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) The Collected Works of Philip Larkin. Yeah, similar books. Hannah Arendt's Banality of Evil. Yeah, similar books. And Hope Solo's autobiography, A Memoir of Hope. But I have to say, your three-book series kicks. <laughs> win or lose, well can go two to two with any of these. Yeah, I, I marvel that you found time to be an author as well as be an accomplished athlete on the field. If you were asked for all the young girls who listen to this podcast at home, what? <laughs> do, there's a lot to, uh, We are, hello. we are the fathers of daughters. We're the fathers of Absolutely. daughters. Absolutely. My girls have listened to the podcast what, a couple of times. What would you What would you say the most important message that they can learn from you is?
7: I mean, honestly, teamwork is the biggest thing for, you know, the sport of soccer, and um, hard work is incredibly important. Obviously, we all had talent to start with, but it wasn't without hard work to get to where we are today, and that's what I truly believe. And as a female athlete especially, because I feel like there's not enough... Um, Not only uh, young girl soccer books, but young girl athlete um, books or anything like that out there today. I I think that it's important to kind of express self confidence and. Thank you. I just kind of wanted to put it out there for young girls to kind of look at and say that they can be in our shoes in, in 10, 15 years if they put in the hard work, if they have the self confidence and the self esteem and the teamwork and the support that they have.
3: That One is thing just, also, right? Beautiful. Absolutely agreed. One thing that's interesting about your story, and I thought about it since you came on the podcast, is that you started playing soccer quite late. Yeah, thirteen years old, I yeah. believe, was really Well,
7: I started playing rec soccer when I was like six, but we all know what rec soccer is. And you it's played a, a bunch different.
3: and you played a bunch of different sports. Yeah, you did a lot yeah of I did. I played
7: like four or five different sports. I didn't start playing competitive soccer until I was thirteen or fourteen years old. And at that time we had players like Tobin Heath that were so ahead of where I was today and um you know, it it was a lot of catching up to do, but at the same time, it was a lot of hard work that I had to put in to get to to where I am today.
3: But is there a benefit in that also that you didn't start playing too young?
7: Yeah, I think there's a definite benefit. I mean, I think there's just overall athleticism and and hard work that you put in throughout all those sports that, um, and not getting burnt out too early um, when you're 11, 12, 13 years old, when you should be loving the sport for everything that it does. You should be you should absolutely have the passion to go out on the soccer field and absolutely love it every single day. I love going on the soccer field every single day. I love putting in the work. That's my sanctuary. That's where that's where I let everything go and just have fun. Um, so I, I definitely think there's a benefit.
3: Well, congratulations to you and the Portland Thorns. What an amazing time you're having in this city. Really amazing stuff. And we cannot wait for the World Cup next summer in Canada. To Godspeed, to glory, to a wonderful World Cup, to raising the profile of the women's game in this yes, country. Absolutely. We are honoured to be with you, Alex. Thanks Thank so you much. very much. Alex Morgan, Alex Morgan. Thank Morgan. You. rhythm in rhythm in rhythm courage, courage. very good okay final rog. guest David final guest what an evening thank you so much Portland this has been an absolute dream come true <laughs> thank you for that over there Bert and Ernie those are amazing final guest big hearts remember big hearts big Portland welcomes we're gonna have on stage now One of the best soccer-playing hip-hop performers in the business. He's the only hip-hop performer to score in three World Cups. The only hip-hop performer to score eight goals in World Cup qualifying for the U.S. men's national team. It's twice as many as any other American. And his goal against Ghana was the fastest by any American hip-hop performer or non-hip-hop performer. 30 seconds he's on the cover of EA Sports game alongside a guy called Lionel Messi on the EA Sports FIFA video game, here he is Let's just roll tape. Let's just roll Let's tape. Let's just roll the tape to Dempsey. start off with. Right up here. here. There Clint we go. Clint
2: Dempsey's <laughs> going. <out. He> <laughs> <appeared>. Incredibly
0: <laughs> within seconds. I mean, what a way. That is dream. start Jensey becomes the, the first American to score in three different
3: tiny bananas. Those first twenty nine seconds were agony. Oh no. I mean, Clint, I have to ask you, what were you doing for the first 29 seconds of that game? What took you so long? What took you so long?
1: I don't know. I don't know. But nah, it's great to, to be able to score in three World Cups uh, leading into that game. I couldn't sleep just dreaming about that moment, getting the opportunity to get a good look in front of goal and being able to finish it off and to get it so early in the game, uh, to get the tournament started off on the right foot and... For us to be able to get out of that group that we're in. Obviously we'd like to have gone further in the tournament, but um, I think we showed the world that we could play at a high level and it's about continuing that growth, that development, and doing better even in the next World Cup.
3: Hear, <laughs> hear. did does scoring a goal that early feel any different than scoring a too, late goal? Like, how is early. it emotionally different? You almost thought you like, too early. I don't that goal was not too early. That goal was perfect. That goal. But, but does it feel... You haven't quite got yourself
1: emotionally revved into
3: the game at that point. It's,
1: it's crazy because at the end of the game, you score, you know, all right, there's not much time left. Yeah. But there, like, you celebrate, you go crazy, and the next thing you know, you're, like, tired, and like, wait a second, I got another 90 minutes. There's 90 <laughs> minutes still to
3: go. It is. Yeah. It's just kind of insane. That's what dropping the mic's for, Clint. Um, you've been back in MLS for just over a year, a year this week. I mean, this is an MLS that contains ML, uh, kind of U.S. stalwarts now, Michael Bradley, Graham Zuzzi staying, Bez, Bezler staying. Can you describe the quality of MLS in 2014 from the one you left in 2006?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a growing league. You can see that in terms of the TV deal being done between Fox, ESPN, and Univision. Yep. Um, franchises popping up, NYCFC and uh, Orlando. Um, you just see the game continues to grow. The rivalries, um, games playing here in Portland and Seattle, just the passion that these fans have, the energy that's created in these stadiums. Um, and like you said, some of the talent that's on showcases. It's, it's exciting times, but it's about continuing that. And it's good to see uh, the academies and some of the homegrown players like DeAndre Yedlin stepping up and performing well. It shows that... You know, they're getting the job done. it's about continuing the growth of the game and and moving in the right direction. And that starts with the youth. Why Seattle? So you've been so an all-star
3: game. You know, it's kind of interesting for sort of like the the major soccer fan. You just come off playing the most, some of the most competitive soccer of your life at the World Cup. You're, You're in it in the league week in, week out playing like very, very competitive soccer. How do you view playing in this all-star game? Against Bayern Munich, arguably the best team or one of the best teams in the world. Several of these guys won the World Cup for Germany. Do you go out there thinking, okay, I'm focused. This is our chance to really show and we're going to go and like beat them and show them. Or is this a combination? Is this about sort of having fun and, and celebrating this amazing city and this amazing league?
1: That's a good question. I mean, some people might not like the answer that I have to give. We'll love but, it. Clint. We'll love it. But uh, I like to see it go back to to the East and West. You know, you see you see that format
3: in, in uh, East and West Germany. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. I wasn't making a political no, statement.
3: I'm not this making is about political soccer, Rod. Uh, well, sure you okay. Okay, there.
1: okay. I think I think it's good to have games the games like this obviously. Uh, it's great for the fans and if the fans are happy then that's all that matters cuz they're the ones that make this possible. But uh, it would be good to have the East and West in terms of just rewarding more players for doing well, more coaches. Um, and it's a, di- it's, a di- it's a different type of yeah. game because you're, 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 playing, you're playing a game against a, a team that's world class. Uh, some of the players coming off of winning a World Cup and they're trying to prepare for the preseason. But at the same time, you're trying to bring all these all-stars together that haven't really all played together. You got two yeah. days and then trying to go over tactics. So it's not like you're going to get the best product on the field but at the same yeah. time it is exciting it is a challenge people will be up for the game we'll go out and try our best to to put on a good show for the fans but at the same time i like to see it go back to east and west Personally, i like that's just old my school opinion. that's yeah. just my opinion mls
3: old school i'll summarize like what Klinger just said is by munich be afraid yeah. be very afraid well it is true you are a naturally competitive biped human being. You like competition. You get a thrill out of it. One of our favourite things about you at the World Cup, and we commented on it almost every day on ESPN, is the way you behave during the national anthem. There are those loud national anthem singers. There are the Buffons, the Joe Harts, and then there's you. That stare, that stare, for some reason, that stare seems more patriotic, than David menacing... Yes, than anything that comes from David Luiz or Julio Cesar. What were the origins of that, and what is going through your head at that point?
1: I mean, from, from Texas, you already know. Yeah, <laughs> don't mess with Texas. But, I mean, for me, I think everybody expressed themselves in different ways. I think you can be patriotic through singing the national anthem, uh, through standing there quietly and thinking about the words that are being said in the national anthem. For me, I think about the words... Also think about my family, that and friends that weren't able to make it, that are sitting back home. The kids that would want the opportunity to play in that World Cup and to make the most of that that occasion. Because I was that kid that was watching the games at home, sitting on the couch, rooting my team on, hoping that my country could do well. So those are moments that are going through your mind. I'm saying a few prayers and just wanting to make the most of that moment, not looking back and having any regrets. That's what that's what's going through my mind. Yeah. I, I, I love
3: Slim, what you said about family because when I sat down, sat down with you making the inside US soccer March to Brazil series we sat down in Frankfurt and you said to me you said you want to have a World Cup that in years to come you can show the videotapes to your grandchildren and make them feel proud of what you've accomplished. I mean, watching it, I think we'd all agree Clint has made done something that will yeah, make here, here. God.
2: And his all those grandchildren
3: guys. feel very, very proud. You and the rest of the guys.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah,
3: here, here. What? <laughs> Paul and you are amazing. Portland, you are amazing. amazing. For sure. What? What is the lesson? What is the lesson that you take from your World Cup experience in 2014 that all of of us in this audience can learn from?
1: What I take is, uh, it's kind of the same from every World Cup. Treat it it like it's your last. You never know when you get that opportunity to play on that type of stage. Make the most of that moment. Look back with no regrets. Um, But at the same time, you still look forward towards the future. And for me, if I'm still involved, uh i hope that i am um i'm looking forward to in two years time the copa america that's going to be here in the states that'll be amazing that's a tournament that always valued looked and wanted to be a part of but never really got the opportunity because of this european schedule um and just getting the opportunity to play in that type of tournament on home soil against some of these big teams what bigger opportunity do you have to win a major competition
3: Wow, and that is a major one. Here, here ladies and gentlemen, a genuine hero of American soccer, the US men's national team, Seattle Sounders, MLS All Star, Mr. Clint USA! Peace in our time. Peace in our time. We wanted to close I have to tonight. say that was a beautiful moment. Jerry Timber.
2: Yeah.
3: Timber Jerry. Shaking hands with Clint Dempsey. I believe the word the lions can lay with the lambs. <laughs> we wanted to close tonight, Rog, in a way that captures our admiration for this great and beautiful city. We marvel, Rog, at the Timbers' heritage in this city. We marvel at the passion that surrounds the team and the game. There can be no finer way than to ask two members of the Timbers' army onto the stage. The supporters group, Rog, which was founded in 2001 in section 107 and has grown to encompass most of the north end of Providence Park, the Timbers Army requires no membership, requires no dues, Whoa. or loyalty oaths, but they explain in their own poetic way, you are Timbers Army, you are mental, and you're balmy, a true supporter forevermore. We welcome to the stage Timbers Army members, Jeremy Finnegan-Wright and Dan Gerhardstein. Whoa. Uh, We have a gift for these guys. What would you give to two men who have everything? Everything. Two men from the Timbers Army. We want to give to you, to the whole Timbers Army, who have inspired us, honestly, watching MLS on television from New York, to actually come here and sense that, I mean, honestly, football here is like Draco Noir to the Portuguese soccer team. It is thick, it is coated, they splash it on all over. It is all pervasive, it sticks on your clothes, it infuses everything. We have got you for the Timbers Army, Davo. We've given you... This is a limited edition of one. It's a Men in Blazers Army jacket official license. Each one of our patches. It It has the holy trinity of patches. The original the World Cup hatch and our new we even had, Raven of the Week. We huh? even had Rabbi Mike Tarico spray the holy water yeah, all over it's it. It's been blessed with Tarico. So Guys, know. thank you. Thank you, Portland. Thank you for having us in your loving bosom. OK, Rog. That is fantastic. See you guys, okay, I think you've got a little song to close the evening. If you got your scarves, just put them up.
0: So we're going to do this in honor of Timber Jim and his daughter and Hannah. You are my sunshine,
2: Shine, my only
0: sunshine.
4: You
1: make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know how much I love you.
3: I love you. We've been given a very lovely gift. This is a piece of the original Sunshine trailer as a gift. This will be displayed. In our studios, in the crap part of Soho. For all to see. Thank you very we, much, We guys, are going to go, hopefully with all of you, we're going to march over to one of your fine, fine drinking establishments. Yeah. yeah. I just want to finish by saying, Oh beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the years, thine alabaster cities gleam and dim by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and win World Cup 2018 for you and us and me. Good night. Come through See you all at I Cals, Portland. At you. You, Portland. See you at Cals.
4: Thank you for listening to Grantler. To hear more Grantland shows in your ear balls, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes, or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.